Hi, Damien Marcus from 100 Not Out here. MP. Yes, Damo. We all know the importance of having a diary, but who wants a boring old day planner? Not me. Enter the journey of me. Ta-da! The incredible eight-month wellness journal designed especially for wellness peeps like you. Yes, Damo, this beautiful eight-month wellness guide is filled with questions, planners, exercises, reflective notes, and more. Endorsed by the Up For A Chat girls and loved the world over, the journey of me is a must-have if you're ready to live your best life for life. To purchase your very own journey of me and receive a free set of inspirational postcards, simply enter the code COUCH at www.wellandnew.com. That's www.w-e-l-l-i-n-e-u-x.com. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Backchat, exploring the five pillars of health with Dr. Paul Bergamo and Dr. Anthony Coxon. Welcome to Backchat. My name is Paul Bergamo, and it's great to be here in our next podcast. Backchat is about being your best. It explores the five pillars of health. It refers to being your best in thinking, moving, eating, sleeping, and also in your neurology. Today, we're going to explore the health pillar of being your best with your eating. As always, to help me today, it's a great pleasure we introduce my fellow chiropractor and co-host, Dr. Anthony Coxon. G'day, Anthony. How are you going? I'm extra good, Paul. We're very excited and interested in this one. Um, in fact, I'm going to do a little memory test for you first okay. of all. This oh, is no. podcast, what are we, 11 now? This so is, we're... Uh, actually, this will be number, by the time this is actually, uh, it'll be number 12. Number 12. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's let's take you back 10 podcasts. You remember okay. podcast two? Check your brain. Who, who was podcast two? Who did we interview that one? Now, let me think. Was that a Dr. Scott Wollstenberg? Oh, yes. Very, very good. Well, you might remember the start of that because obviously that was uh, talking about nutrition and yes. autism. Yes. And uh, we were chatting just about what was happening and, uh, you know, a bit of a nutritional theme running that night. And we talked about series fair food and how I would uh, recently yes. become a, uh, a depot where yep. the organic food would be dropped at our, uh, my practice. Yep. And a lot of people around the area of Camberwell would uh, collect their yummy organic organic food. Well, today we have uh, interviewing the, the gentleman who started this program, and uh, I just can't wait to hear about it. Well, it is going to be fantastic. It's going to be very interesting, and certainly going to be a very community-minded type uh, podcast today. Thanks, Anthony. In 2010, Chris began Fair Food. In the five years since its launch, it has become Melbourne's most popular organic delivery service. Fair Food makes a difference by buying from local farmers and grocery makers, giving crucial first jobs to asylum seekers, and sending all profits to environmental education programs at Ceres. Chris also founded Australia's first urban orchard produce swap, a simple idea which is now spread around the country and also overseas. Hey, Chris, how are you going? I'm really good, thanks. How are you, Paul? I'm very good, thank you. So perhaps to begin with, Chris, what is the Ceres fair food business that Anthony's uh, mentioned to me quite a bit over time? So basically we're an online grocery that uh, we do almost all organic food and it's almost all local and we deliver Melbourne-wide. So many, uh, Chris, um, I sort of heard of the, the series in Environmental Park out in, uh, I think it's Brunswick area from, from memory. Yep. And, yep. and so there's the series Environmental Park. You guys are series fair food. How are you, are the, are the businesses the same or do they run off each other? How does that all work? So we're, we're one of um, a group of social enterprises that 
all fit under the series umbrella. And the idea is that we support the park and the park is, you know, is home to a whole bunch of environmental education services and we want to be self-supporting. So we have all these social enterprises that help fund all those environmental education activities and we're just one of many. So this is, uh, I mean, the pictures that I've seen on the website and uh, things yep. I've heard, you have like school groups come to see you or, or is, is it more of an educational thing like that or is it an open park where anyone can roll up on a, on a Sunday and walk through? So it's all of, those, all of those things. It's a public park and you can come there and, and have a look around at what we've got and have a coffee and, a, and go and buy plants if you would like or see the environmental um, displays. But we've had... I think 1.2 million school children come through over wow. the last 30 years, and but you can also go as an adult or a volunteer and and learn all about you know all the things you'd expect like organic farming or composting, but right up to things like cheese making or beekeeping or you know how to make your own sausage. So as I understand, the park's been there for quite a while, but the fair food and your involvement yep. is more recent. Is that correct? Yeah, yep. So the park's been 32 years old. And um, I came about a dozen years ago, but Fair Food came out of our, our market, and that's been around for five years. Okay, so how did Fair Food all start for you, Chris? Can you give us a bit of background there? Okay. Um, we, was, we, we had a staff co-op, which was basically splitting you know, produce on a picnic table outside one of our offices where staff, different staff members would take a turn at packing, you know, bananas yeah. and potatoes and lettuce each week and, and sharing it out among the workers so we could get, you know, cheap organic produce. And it spread. Um, people around the neighbourhood said, Can, could you do that for us? And right. after a couple of years, we had a couple of hundred people doing that. And, and it sort of gave us the idea, maybe we could take this online and, and put this idea right around Melbourne and as well employ a few people in the, in, you know, Doing it as well. So this, uh, so I understand, your your the produce isn't from yeah. the series park, or, or is some of it from there, or and you get the rest of it from other farmers in the area. So we've got a couple of acres of farm at series, but it's um, as you can imagine, um, we're doing about a thousand households a week. So we've, yeah. it, it covers you know a small percentage. So yeah. most of our stuff comes from around Victoria. Wow. So you're, uh, in terms of the way it sort of all, all evolved, this was just basically um, a few people in the Brunswick area. And of course, for, for our you know yeah, uh, people outside Melbourne and uh, outside Australia, Brunswick is a fairly ur- densely yeah. urban area. So to have obviously two acres of you know green yep. farmland is unique yeah. in, in itself. Um, but so it was just basically people within the Brunswick and surrounding areas that wanted to get organic food and got a group together and it's just grown and grown from there. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Yeah, it happened, grew organically. Literally. Sorry. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Look, I, I think I mentioned you earlier, Anthony, we, 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 we were part of a co-op in 2003-04 in this area in the eastern suburbs, Green Veg, and wow, you know, it was a great sort of community-minded exercise, having everyone having their roles and responsibilities and duties and um, and everyone getting involved and hands-on and kids were coming here and, you know, everyone was sort of, you know, everyone's helping each other out. It sounds like the pretty similar process to what Chris has done, but, you know, he's taken it to the absolutely next level. Yeah, well, I, I remember, Chris, my first experience with uh, purchasing organic food, I, I remember there was a small um, retail-type store that uh, that opened up in, in uh, Glen Iris Camberwell area, and it was, I guess it was one of those challenges. This is why, I guess, the co-op model works so well, because uh, when a store's, the retail um, model for organic food just doesn't seem to work very well. 
it's obviously expensive. Um, you know, the, the, the way that this particular shop was uh, done up was not particularly attractive at all and it and the business failed within you know less than a year but obviously series is just going gangbusters by the sound of things i think it, we drew on that co-op spirit and we've got 70 pickup points food hosts we call them just like your place in camberwell yeah around melbourne so it it, it sort of draws in people who want to be a part of something you know big bigger than going to their supermarket or local shop so it sort of builds on that and it gives someone a chance in a neighbourhood to say, look, I'll give my veranda or my chiropractic practice yeah. and all I need is a bit of space for people in my neighbourhood to pick up fr- their fruit and veg or their organic groceries. Yeah. And I think people, you know, I, I thought when we offered home delivery that would sort of wane, but actually, you know, two-thirds of our people get their produce through a food host, which is, you know, the nearest thing we've, we've got towards it. To, it's like a co-op in, yeah. in its spirit. And I think that really appeals to people. They want to. They want more than just you know somewhere to buy their food. They want to do something with that. It's it's kind of interesting. We, I mean, the big chains are aware aware of perhaps the push towards organic food, but you don't have that social cultural experience when you go to Coles or um, oh. Safeway and you've got that little section there under organic. You know, it's just sort of very transactional, isn't it? Versus this sort of scenario where it's actually very community, holistic, social. Absolutely, totally yeah. different grain, isn't it? Well, it's obviously the attraction for a lot of people beyond just the you know the benefits of organic food, uh, of course. So, so speaking on the organic issue, maybe that's a, 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 a definition we should just make certain of. Um, most people understand organic food, you know, no pesticides, etc., yeah. etc. Perhaps you could give a, a more strict definition. And how does Series know that the food it's getting is actually organic? Okay, so I'll do my best definition. Um, like you said, no pesticides, no uh, um, artificial fertilizers, no uh, GMOs. So there's a you know there's a few no's, and, and then so the yeses are really about taking care of your land and taking care of your animals in the most humane you know way possible. So no battery, no battery hens or pigs. They've got to be free ranging. You want buffers and sort of areas on your farm um, for nature. Um, you also you know it's all about also really about taking care of your soils. So that you know that you can hand those soils on in hopefully better condition than when you've taken them on. So it's you know really about care of the environment so that you can you know we can keep farming this place for generations to come, and that's the organic sort of philosophy. And and then the there's seven certifying bodies, and you might have seen Australian Certified Organic. There's a little sprout symbol yeah. on your you know on your organic milk or some of your organic produce. Those certifying bodies are sort of the auditors, and each year, um, depending on who you're certified with, and it's farmers, it's manufacturers, it's wholesalers, um, their practices are audited so that you know people can go, okay, if you've been certified organic, I can rely on you to be, you know, all the things that we were talking about in the definition. So important to have some sort of form of accreditation, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. Regards that because you know there's going to be. You know, it's confidence in the product, isn't it, to know that it is yeah. organic and um, to have that sort of certification is, is really important in regards to this sort, of, this sort of work, isn't it? Yep. And, you know, the, if you don't know your farmer, you know, you know, that's the key to it. So if you know your farmer and you can see what he's doing or she's doing in, on their land, then, you know, certification, you don't need it so much. But when, you know, you don't know, you, need, you really need something so that you, you can be sure of it. Anthony, why don't we just take this to the clinic room for a second and, you know, we look at the patients we see every day and, you know, 
why are we getting more asthmas? Why are we getting more food allergen type problems? Why are we mm. getting more uh, food intolerance type problems? And you know, if we go back to back to the basics, you know, we start with the soil, and you know, we're, we're knowing that our soils are now more deficient in selenium, really important minerals and vitamins that are critical for antioxidants and defense mechanisms for our body and for survival, as well as you know, fighting. Small disease, you know, colds, etc., but also things that, that become even bigger than that. Well, so, I think know. the wheel's turning just a little bit, isn't it? I mean, we're very, very aware today that, you know, chronic diseases are, are what are, are the problem within countries like Australia. Mm. You know, your diabetes, your mm. hypertension, uh, your irritable bowel syndrome. We've moved away from nature and now there's a definite, and it's, you know, it's no longer hippie to be into organic food or to mm. be, you know, into these sorts of things. And, you know, the people are recognizing that there's a, well, not only is there a science behind it, but just it's, you know, intuitively mm. the right thing to do. Mm. That's right, from a, from a community and carbon sort of perspective as well. well it's interesting, you know, people are saying, we're sort of hearing now people saying, don't wash your veggies, your organic veggies. Get that, you know, get the bacteria from those soil-based organisms into your body, actually. You know, we're washing and cleaning ourselves so much and, you know, we're pesticiding our houses yeah. and, you know, and cleaning everything off so that there's actually... You know, there's, we're so clean that those asthmas and, you know, all those, all those sort of allergies are happening now. So it's quite interesting people saying, oh, don't wash your carrots anymore. Mm. Don't rinse your lettuce. Eat, get some dirt into you. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, it's quite yeah. interesting. Dirt, dust and dander. You've got to get exposed to that sort of stuff so that your immune system knows how to deal with it. That's the triple D, was it? That was the triple D yeah, right, right off the top there. <laughs> um, so now you mentioned before about how um, you've got the um, – the certain food hosts, so so the deliveries yep. happen to certain areas, and, and uh, that's one of the ways that you that series works towards making a a, a carbon neutral um, uh, business. Can you explain other ways in which you in which you're sort of helping the environment beyond just feeding us some great organic food? Okay, so um, we we try to keep our food miles down as much as possible, so that we get local Victorian food wherever possible. Um, and so that that food's not traveling a long way. We deliver it in vans so that, you know, one of the biggest parts of food miles is people driving to the supermarket. So if we can take it home to you in a carbon neutral van and we offset with um, um, some carbon credits that we buy from a a project in Cambodia that supports people making um, efficient cook stoves, if we can get that to you carbon neutral and get it to a food host where you just have to walk down the road, then we're really... We're trying to keep down carbon emissions that are related to food. And food, um, it's, it's I think a third of all carbon emissions are related to food. Wow. So it's one of the biggest biggest impacts we can make on our carbon, you know, our carbon footprint by buying carbon, low carbon food. Chris, you touched on the on on the new Leo Stove project. Can you expand yep. for our back chat listeners what that's all about? Yeah, that's where we buy our carbon credits from, and it's a, a project in Cambodia, even though it's called the New Leo Stove Project, and. Um, it's a, the, they've distributed two million efficient wood cook stoves. You know that that um, people use. You know it looks traditional, but it's been made so that it uses far less wood, and so that means they're chopping down far far um, few forests, and it's pumping out much less carbon. Um, so sort of two ways there, and that or that. The organisation that runs that project sells the carbon credits to people like us who run vans and want to offset our mm. pollution. Um, so amazing business, mostly run by women, small entrepreneurs um, distributing and making these stoves. 
And so we just looked for something that was a bit related to food, like us, and that's why we chose those guys. So how did you come across something like that out of all the places in the world, you know, stoves that say loud but are for Cambodia? Yeah. I mean, was that just a Google search? You were inspired to, what can I do for, to, well, you know, to help the planet and have it associated with food? Well, you see all these carbon credit projects around you go, you know, is this one shonky, is it real? And, yeah, we did. We just went searching and, and um, found one that felt good, had, you know, seemed like it had a good reputation and was doing something really aligned with what we were doing on that kind of small community scale. It wasn't some kind of crazy sort of, you know, forest out the back of Kazakhstan, you know, yeah. it's a bit shady, oh, you know, I'm sorry, to, you know, legitimate Kazakhstani carbon credit yeah. schemes <laughs> i'm sure there are plenty of them out there i'm sure our listeners in kazakhstan they'll be they'll be yeah. fuming now chris what are you saying sorry sorry that's all right so you are i mean you've you've also taken the the, the fair food and i love the name fair food because it's mm. you really sort of um the company represents that right across the board mm. the other thing that's really sort of fascinating is the employment mm. opportunities you give for asylum yeah. seekers and i yeah. think uh, that's a bit of a political thing in this country uh at the moment in fact it is in many countries around mm. the world tell us a bit about how that all started okay so um we we um wanted to um employ people who had just come to this country and that you know that's the idea of the first job that if you give someone welfare and you know you know put someone in a house and they're basically you know sitting at home doing nothing getting paid it's not gonna you know what's that's not gonna do anything for anyone but when you get to a new country and you can't find a new job because you haven't got an employment history you can't speak the language very well. Um, it, you're really behind the eight ball. So if you can get that first job, mm. you make that first one and start building your networks, um, settling down, getting a house, being able to support your family, all those really important things, start a social group. It's it's like your first step along your way. And I think it's just a, an amazing thing to do as a, you know, as a welcome to people, to make people feel welcome and also help them integrate into the community. And people say that's, you know, awesome, fantastic, what a great sort of, you know, charitable thing you're doing, but there's a flip side to it. And the flip side is that people who come to this country need stability. They want to work very hard. And if you've lived in a, you know, you've escaped from a war zone, you've lived in a refugee camp and, and, you know, for for years on end, made your way across, you know, corrupt um, countries and, and, you know, dodged this or that and made a long boat journey to this country, then you're going to be pretty, um, you know, you're going to have a few personal resources and you're going to be pretty, um, you know, there's going to be ingenuity in you. So those kind of people working for your business yeah. who have put up with a ton, yeah. you know, a ton of hardship, yep. um, you know, you get them into your business and you give them, you know, they're working in a nice environment and they're paid mm. and, you um, you know, oh my God, the 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 payback. We we think of it as our competitive competitive advantage because right. those people are fantastic workers and intelligent, need a job, stable, all the things. As an employer, you'd go, oh, gold, absolute gold. So it works. It really, really is a two way thing. And um, we've we've had fantastic um, a fantastic experience with the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre Employment Service, who who's send us, you know, candidates for um, work on our line and people who've come to us have worked up through our organisation into, you know, from the floor into supervisor roles, into office jobs and we couldn't be happier with that experience, you know, which is so flip 
and contrary to you know what you see in the media. Absolutely, mm. yeah. No, look, it's a, it's a, and that's absolutely fantastic. I was actually going to you sort of half answered my question just with your last few comments there, but I was going to ask about you know government assistance and programs to help you get this. Mm. Is this are these from charitable groups or is this from you know, um, government groups that sort of put these people in contact with businesses like yours? Okay, so the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre is like a, a not-for-profit independent organisation and they've just set up their employment service just like any other employment service to, you know, put their people in, in work and we just use them like any other business would use an employment service. Fantastic. So, no, you know, no government funding. It's yep. all, you know, it's all, all, you know, sort of community enterprise. Awesome. Well, I think, Anthony, you know, the concept of fair food... And we think of that and we think of what Chris has talked about in the sense of, you know, getting the right soils right from a from the farmer's perspective, yep. supporting local produce, in season type food, optimal nutrition, that those sort of elements. And I and I kinda get that. And I expected that, right, with this. But now we're talking a bit about the carbon friendly atmosphere and the environment preserving that. Yeah. But now an extra layer in regards giving those people who have come to this country who just would be just so appreciative of an opportunity. Absolutely. And who Chris has sort of described would have an incredible resilience, you know, an absolute tough, fibrous skin to work through really difficult situations and then be given an opportunity in a free country just to work and be paid and not have to worry about war Mm. or, you know, loved ones being... um, Killed, yep. you know, in literal yep. reality. I mean, this this goes beyond just food, isn't it? It's fantastic. Look, and that's a. Re- I, I must admit, Chris, I've never really thought of it from that perspective, and I like the way you said said your competitive advantage. I mean, I think that's for, for a lot of other people out there thinking about, you know, uh, employing asylum seekers or people from these sorts of backgrounds. There's a lot of fear, I would imagine, that people would mm. have with that. You know, is uh, are they going to bring that kind of energy into my business? But uh, you know, obviously, the opposite is true. So that's yeah, just awesome. Yeah. You should come to lunchtime at our place. It's, you know, it's wonderful. You know, people, you know, often, often, you know, if you travel, you often see the poorest people are the most generous. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and it's, you know, it's the same. These people who have been through a lot, um, you know, bringing lunch to share with everybody. And I think when, you know, when you've had a really hard life and you get something, you, I think you really make the most of it. And so people, you know, I just see people making the most of this, the start that they've been given and going on. We've just had one young guy who was a carpenter in Iraq, you oh. know, made the journey overland to Australia and then, and, and then the boat journey. Two and a half years with us getting himself stable and now he's gone back and he started a, a carpenter's apprenticeship in Melbourne. Oh, and it was just, you know, we just gave him that time to get stable. Yep. And then his life restarts again. Yep. And, um, you know, he's, he is going to be an asset to this community, just super smart, yep. super committed, you know, plays soccer with his local team, yes. you know, volunteers at the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre to give back to the people who gave him his start. And just fantastic guy. Yeah, I mean, you could say, okay, it's it's he's now got at least something on his CV, but it's so much more than that, isn't it? You know, when you go to that next uh, employer, you now have stability in self, you know, mm-hmm. confidence, a, a calmness that you know that might not have been there when you first arrived. So, fantastic. One of the things that um, is is terrific about series, and and in some ways challenging to the way that we think 
I'd say as consumers is that obviously the produce is seasonal and, and you know, mm. you're right, if you're yeah. going to use seasonal food, you're going to cut down, um, cut, you know, cut your carbon footprint because obviously you're going to be using local produce. Um, yeah. I think a lot of people might find that sort of stuff challenging when they get their boxing. Oh gee, I was really thinking of, you know, getting this or getting that. I know you can order individual items, but yeah. it's a, it's a really, I've found it a lovely, almost challenging way to think, okay, how am I, what am I going to do with this uh, eggplant today yeah. or whatever whatever it might be that's, uh, that's in there? The so, ingredients, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's getting back a lot more to, to nature. And, and obviously that's something that you encourage because I know yeah. you send in your website, you send out suggestions on, you know, how to recipes and more yeah. information. It's educational. It's not just yeah. here's the food. So we've got, you know, we've kind of got two options. You can, some people um, love getting a, a mixed fruit and veggie box. And they treat it like Christmas. So yep. they have no yeah. idea what's coming yeah. and they open it up and they go, ooh. Yeah. Oh, and nice. yeah. and um, other people are more, you know, other people are more like, I want what I want. Yeah. And they go shopping and they can choose, you know, we're just like any other sort of online supermarket. You can choose what you want yeah, yeah. or you can get a box and add, add the bits and pieces you want. So we sort of go both ways. Um, to suit the sort of both people. We know everyone's not the same. So, you know, you can be challenged or you can, you know, or you can get what you want. Yeah, I must. we, we swing a bit both ways in our house. And yeah. my, my son and I definitely like our bananas, so we, we make yeah, sure yeah. they're in there. But uh, but we're, 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 other than that, we're, we're excited by the uh, the fruit and veggie <laughs> surprise box. We're quite happy with that. Yeah, yeah. Christmas every week. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Very good. Chris, can you just take me through how the business is going over now, over the five years? Is, is the penetration to consumers using your service building and increasing? Yeah, so we've had really good growth over the last five years. And um, like I said, we're doing around 1,000 households a week. And um, we're planning to go, we deliver three days a week and it's sort of a weekly round. But in the next six months, we'll be delivering, you know, daily. And right. and really, we see people who want to come to us, and we don't want to just be with the you know preaching to the church. We want people who will go, oh, geez, I'm sick of coals, or mm. with, I'm sick of Woolworths, but I want the same convenience, mm. and that's where we're going. We're going. So, oh, I see. Oh, I want to buy my shopping. I'll get it. I'll order it. It'll come the next day. Doesn't matter where I am, and um, I can choose what I want, or I can get a box. And that's where we're going because we want to bring. You know, anyone anyone who wants to buy fair food, who wants to go, look, I don't like what Coles or Woolworths are doing to their farmers mm. and I don't feel comfortable with that sort of setup and I'd actually like to do something with my shopping dollar. We want to give anyone who wants to do that the chance and the chance to do it affordably. Well, I think – and that's – you mentioned about the farmers there. I think that's a really good point because obviously um, the, the big two um, supermarket chains in Australia at least – you know, highly competitive, lots of yep. pressure on farmers to, you know, sell their produce for, you know, virtually no profit whatsoever, um, that the smaller farmers are really being pushed out of the, the market. So that you need to get these massive farms uh, that produce so much produce just to make a profit. So, you know, you're, you're a guy who might have five acres of, you know, uh, of strawberries or whatever it might be is is no longer in the game but this you know brings in in quite an affordable way brings these sorts of people back into the uh, into the picture and that's what we need for sustainable farming we need these small farms don't we yeah i mean it's just like if the farms get to be like coals and there's two big farms you know it's it's you know just as unhealthy um so it's variety and as well all of a sudden the fewer farmers around the less variety you get and you're just going to get you know what travels well and um, 
you know, tasteless tomatoes or, you know, watery lettuce and you won't get that exciting variety that yeah. you can get with, you know, a farmer that's just interested in this, you know, this quirky vegetable or this purple asparagus yeah. or this, you know, breed of strange pig or these weird apples that are like, oh, my God, that's not like any, you know, that's not like a gala that I buy from the supermarket. That's That's pretty special and people, you know, you want that. Look at that, and that's great not only in terms of just choice, but it's also essential for biodiversity, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. everybody's on board for that, that's for sure. And, yeah, that's, and we talk a lot about neuroplasticity on this show, and this is a novel experience every time you open this box, isn't it? Oh, that's it. Yes, yes, what absolutely. Yeah, it's a, it's a real right brain experience, isn't it? <laughs> you're going to be getting all these different things and, and uh, making some great creations. So, Chris, just expanding on on um, on fair food in regards, you distribute to Melbourne and outside Melbourne. What's yep. the plans regards um, moving beyond these areas and perhaps internationally even? Oh, we're you know we're we're pretty busy with Melbourne. We you know we we reckon we've got with a million households, we've got a few left to uh, you know pull into the fold. Um, but there are other similar organisations to us. There's there's um, Food Connect, who are an inspiring organisation to us in Brisbane. There's another one called Ubi, which right. is um, out of our backyard. Yeah, that's how that's what it right. sounds for. And and a similar organisation in Sydney, um, Adelaide and Perth. I reckon maybe you know there might be room for a fair food over there. And um, but there are farmers markets, box schemes. Co-ops like yours that you were involved in, food buying groups that are yep. they're calling themselves now, okay. popping up everywhere, you know, and rurally and in the city. And I think there's, you know, we just love the, the sort of, you know, that diversity and we think that's really important. And there's software now like um, it's um, Open Food Web, which is supporting all these little organisations so you don't have to redesign your, you know, a computer system or work off a crazy, you know, Excel spreadsheet to run a business. There's all this sort of support now for, you know, small food businesses and co-ops. So, you know, it doesn't matter if there's no food, fair food around. There's lots of resources for people to find their own. And, and Chris, do you share ideas with some of those interstate organisations? You, if you sort of got together with those guys, or have they sort of got yep. together with you saying, "Hey, you know, I've heard about your organisation. Let's uh, let's talk." Yeah, in the early days, we we spent a week on the packing line up at Food Connect, and um, we have people coming to visit us and intern with us, or mm. come and say hi, or you know, all, all the time. We and we're always looking out at what other people are doing. So yeah, there's lots of cross fertilisation. Excellent. And, and that's great, isn't it? You, you see when community groups in non-for-profit organisations, people are happy to share information because it's not just about the business, it's about the bigger picture. Of the, that's the reason that they do this. Yeah, so. it's sharing the concept, isn't it? And sharing the, sharing the ideas to refine the process so it's better delivered. So it's, it's a great concept. Now, one thing uh, that we like to do, uh, Chris, with our back chat uh, interviews yep. is, uh, you, and you've shared some great information with us uh, today, really inspiring mm. and fantastic, but uh, yeah. we'd actually like to know um, a little bit about you and just sort of what makes you tick, and in particular, if there's been, I mean, you've obviously take, chosen a path to go down this um, yep. organic food line and it's done, achieved some great things. Was there a, a particular experience, a time, a moment, a, a, a pivotal moment in your life where you thought, Yep, that's it. I'm gonna. This is the path for me. Uh, maybe there's more a realization later. You know, I, I studied. You know, I went to uni and, and studied. Um, you know, TV and film production, and, and got into that world. And um, somehow, I just kept getting dragged 
back into gardening and, and farming and then food retail and um and after a little while i realized after sort of you know running away from them all my life i realized i basically become my grandfathers yeah. and um, one was a farmer and one was a grocer and so i run a market garden and i run an online grocery and the realization came one day that oh my god it's you know i'm just running the family businesses over and um you know that was i think that was the realization i think some things you just can't escape from <laughs> that's fantastic excellent now chris what we also like to do is is give our back chat listeners some take-home messages some messages yep. where they can basically look at the show and think okay practically what can we bring into their individual lives in order to improve yep. and enhance their well-being so could you give us uh, perhaps your top three tips of what you top could do. Okay, so so fair food, and, and this is you know what we try to do is do do good at every stage of the food chain. So support the farmer, support the workers who do that do those jobs, and support the consumers. Like you know, try and bring them together, and then at the end of that, we, we send our profits to to you know to educate the kids to look after our planet. Um, the second take home is use your grocery dollar to keep your local economy strong. That'll help give you know your your friends and your children a job. Um, and the last one is let food be your medicine. Yeah, and you guys probably talk about that all the time. We do. It's so true. As we, we do. You know, yeah. and it's something which is a gee, it's been mentioned a lot, and it's, we just can't underestimate how powerful our food is. Well, we talk about this when certainly with our talk on autism. You know, there are some great supplements that are really helpful for mm. people, but really the you know the essence of life is the food. It's not mm. the it's not the pill. It's not the packaged uh, you know foods that you see in supermarkets. It's real fruit, real vegetables, real meats. Um, look, Chris, uh, thank you so much for uh, participating in our back chat podcast today. We want to. Give you a little plug, and just for the listeners out there, um, if if you want to find out about uh, more about Series Fair Food, you can just go to www.seriesfairfood, and it's series with a C, C E R E S, Series Fair Food. .org.au, and their website's fantastic. Lots of educational information yeah, there, and uh, it's it's uh, so often you see in really big websites, they're really clunky and hard to move mm. around. This is whoever designed your website, Chris. Well done. That's that's a really yeah. fantastic yeah, job. That they've done. Yeah, and that I mean that and that YouTube clip at the front home page. There, yes, you know, couple of minutes. Have a look at that, and you see some of the smiles on the on some of the obviously some of the. Asylum seekers from overseas, I'm gathering. Uh-huh. You see yeah. the warmth there. You see, you know, picture tells a thousand words. It does, And you it? see gratitude in those faces from those people, which, you know, is just truly amazing. It's, it's yeah. Have a look at the video, and, and, and I'm sure you'll be very convinced of how good this, this, this uh, Fair Food project is. So without further ado, thanks, Chris, for joining us tonight. We really appreciate uh, your wisdom and sharing your knowledge and uh, your experiences with, your, with, with Fair Foods. Pleasure, thank you. Excellent. And thank you too for listening to Backchat. To stay abreast with updates with Backchat, please go to our Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Backchat Podcast. All relevant website links of today's show will be on our Backchat Podcast Facebook page. If you like the show, please leave a five-star rating on iTunes. We leave you with one thought. Be the best of what you do, and you will grow and inspire others around you. We look forward to catching up with you on our next Backchat Podcast. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.